These are the last words of Moses. This is all we have. Uh, chapter 31, he, he dies. One of the few people in history to write about his own death and the manner of it and how he was buried. Or not buried, hidden away. But these are his last words to us, to the people of God in the desert from a long time ago. I hope you can feel the love tonight. Uh, can you feel the love tonight? Um, I hope you can feel that in these, these words that he says to his people, which God is speaking to his people. Moses is a prophet primarily. And so the words that he speaks are not just his own, his own eloquence, but they are words that come to him through some kind of divine revelation. They are words of love. Often the the nice God of the New Testament is pitted against the mean God of the Old Testament. And that's, you know, one of my hobby horses to try to remind everybody that that's a false dichotomy or a false split. You don't have to split things that way to understand the Bible. Um, although, if you read certain verses in the Bible, you can certainly get that perspective fairly easily. Um, there's a reason why people say that, especially people who don't read the Bible very much, um, because the way the Bible is presented um, in pop culture tends to point to death, judgment, destruction in the, in the God of the Old Testament, and love, peace, hippie Jesus in the New Testament. And yet, when you read the Old Testament, you find that there's a lot of love on every page, that God is constantly wooing his people. God is constantly uh, encouraging them and inviting them into a deeper life of love with him. And Moses is doing that. He's saying that the choices are rather stark, of course. We're talking blesses, blessings or cursings, death or life. Choose life, choose the blessing, walk in the path of the covenant, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Um, if you do that, there will be blessings. If you don't do that, then the path to destruction will be swift. And the story of the Old Testament is that path to destruction in many ways, or at least the path to the kind of destruction that precedes renewal or precedes uh, strength. What we see in these texts is the, the, uh, the trajectory for the whole nation that comes. Uh, when they do get into the land of Canaan, uh, there is all sorts of uh, all sorts of stories about how faithless they are to the one true and only God that rescued them from Egypt, and also how faithful they are to that God. Um, as you go on through their history, you find that um, it's only a few people who stay faithful to, to the one true and only God. Most of the people are sort of doing their own thing. It's hard to know what they're thinking at any given moment. But the prophets rise up and announce that God's kingdom is still relevant, that God's kingdom is still a place where you can find refuge in. And that's what Moses is saying. Um, he is setting out sort of a law and grace or a law, um, a law speech, um, what we do with our kids. We say to them, you know, here's your two choices. Either you go this path and this happens, or you go this path and this happens. Rarely, um, in, in some of these bigger, weightier issues, is there like 25 really great choices. Sometimes there, is, there are two ways. Jesus certainly picked this up from Moses when he said, 
Uh, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and narrow is the path uh, to life, and few there be that find it. So even in this, as Moses is speaking to God's people in the desert, as they're about to go into the promised land, even as he's speaking to them, not everybody's really into this. Not everybody's real eager to hear what he has to say. Not everybody's willing to follow what he has to say. Perhaps they do so out of survival when they're in the wilderness. But as we become more settled and happy and prosperous, some of these basics go out the window. I think the Christian life is an exercise in renewing the basics, to going back to our first love, to remember what Jesus has done for us, that in our exodus moment, in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, we experience freedom from every consequence of our sin and all the sins that led up to our troubles. Um, that all the things that, have, um, that, that weigh down human beings, including you and me, are now canceled, done away with. They are crucified with Christ on the cross. And so that you and I can live in freedom and in hope, knowing that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor heights nor depths nor anything on heaven or under the heavens or on the earth can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Nothing can do that. Nothing you can do can do that. Nothing anybody else can do can do that. And that is what we trust. We trust that what happened to Jesus will happen to us. And as Moses is pouring out his heart to his people, you can feel his heart. You can feel the heart of a God that loves and is inviting God's people into a deeper relationship. And that's what we're doing here today in prayer. We are going deeper into that relationship. Um, when we go to church on Sundays, we are going deeper into that relationship. When we sit in our, in our silence, in our aloneness, and think about God and pray to God and maybe talk to God, um, that is a deeper relationship. And when we do this together on a weekday, that's a deeper relationship. That's what we want. That's what God wants, ultimately. To think that the God of the whole universe really just wants to be with us, to talk to us, to learn from us, and for us to learn from him. Those are, those are to me, the great consolations of life, as we, know that, um, as we know that we are loved with a love that is everlasting, that knows no limits, that is not bound by time or space or eternity. And I hope you can feel that love today. I know many times in my life it's been hard to feel loved. It's been hard to feel that anybody loves me, even though people might. And people tell us they love us, but it's hard to feel that sometimes. Sometimes our receptors for love are broken. Uh, we, we're not able to perceive it. We're not able to feel it. Um, and it is in those moments of hardship, those moments of being alone, that we can identify with Jesus, who is alone on the cross, forsaken by all his friends, forsaken by everyone. And even in that moment of separation from his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in those moments, we know he is not utterly forsaken. That even in that moment of profound alienation and separation and pain, that God love, God's love is still present in his life. And so the power of the resurrection is that there is no place we can go that God's power and God's love cannot reach. Not even hell, not even death, not anywhere we think is beyond God's reach. We are always in the hand of God. We are always loved by God even in those moments of profound alone, aloneness. And so Jesus proves to us that God's love is constant, even in times when the clouds have gathered, 
when we're not sure there's really much of a future or hope for us, that that is what God offers and invites us into a deeper knowledge of. And these stories are, are supposed to remind us that that's true for not just us, but it's true for everybody, that we are all in that love. So I hope you can feel the love today, a little bit. Maybe when you see something beautiful, you can feel that love of God. Maybe in a word from a kind person in your life, or maybe in something you witness or something you see, um, or maybe some deeper invitation into the life of God, that you can feel that love just a little bit, um, and maybe a lot. That's my hope for all of us today. Amen. The Song of Mary. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.